All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Here we go. We're day number two of our 10 day uh, challenge. We're talking about each of the 10, 10 indicators one day at a time. And what we want you to make sure you do is that you go to 10indicators.com, uh, get a copy of the book and download your uh, wheel of success and take your 10 indicators assessment. It's going to help you create a current reality of where your school is and then a vision for the future. And so if you've got your wheel, Lauren, can you pop up uh, your uh, uh, blank copy of the wheel. Um, yep. if, you, if you go to the you know page, you'll be able to download you know the workbook and and have a wheel of your own. But we're on indicator two, right? So this is quality work of the school is where we're is where we're going to uh, focus this uh, session on. And you know, remember, you know, the purpose uh, of 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 just having this this wheel in play and taking the ten indicators assessment is to create common language. Right. So you can you can really, really focus your school improvement processes as a team talking about the same things. And you as a leader can empower and delegate and communicate with clarity uh, to where we currently are, everybody, and in where we're going. Right. So, Lauren, let's 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 uh, let's say take a look at indicator number two when you get a chance. Go sure. ahead. Up. So if you're listening at our, you know, uh, podcast, um, you can uh, download this. The link is in the show notes for you to be able to download these, um, this uh, workbook that Lauren is showing right now that has each of the sub standards of each performance indicator. All right. And if you're on the YouTube or you're watching us on a video, then you can see it. Right. So just be careful unless you're driving. If you're driving, uh, uh, just just stay focused on the road, everybody. <laughs> so, all right. So here we go. So indicator number two. Now we talked about indicator one was a clear and sustained mission and vision. And two is uh, focusing on the quality work of the school. So again, there's three substandards here. Uh, and the first one, which might be, you know, maybe really what drives the rest of the substandards is, is school-wide goals and performance indicators for uh, student learning. And so the purpose of school, everybody, is learn to to do what? What's the purpose? Learn. Of yeah, to educate learn. Educate right? students. Right to educate, not just academically, but you know, socially and communication wise, and all these other skills, right? But what? But what? But what? If you've done your mission and vision correctly, your vision has created exactly what the word is. It's a vision for what success will look like. And once I have my vision. Then I can start to pull out aspects of my vision and write a goal. And even, Lauren, we were just sharing, you could take each of these 10 indicators and you could just write a goal per indicator. You know, it could be a 90-day goal, could be an annual goal, whatever you choose. But here's what I know, and this is a fact. A goal without a strategy is just a wish. So when I have my goal... It helps me with my recruiting. It helps me with my training. It helps me with my progress monitoring. But, you know, if I don't have a goal, I'm just I'm just working. Right. And many of you, maybe you I know I have worked in the schools where I was just working. I didn't really know what I was working for. So, Lauren, what I think what you said earlier, right, the goal is, well, this is what we're shooting for. And and Dave uh, Ramsey calls it. I think he said goals are uh, uh, you know, so like words with work clothes or something like that, right? It's like what we're all trying to get to at this end point. What are some thoughts around this first substandard line? Yeah, just kind of touching on what you had said is, um, you know, the standard, you know, we we talk a lot about your education plan, but really the framework that we'll get into when you're asking some of these 
um, questions and reflecting on your your education plan can really be applied to any of the indicators that are in the book, as you mentioned. Um, and I think that's the cool thing about this book is that it creates a framework for you on, um, you know, your road to success. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it really drives every meeting you have. So like my goals outline my monthly board report, my goals outline our weekly tacticals, right? Our, you know, when I, when we have our daily standups with our team, like hearing what they're working on lets me, okay, yes, they're working towards this goal. And so it creates that common language and, and it aligns resources and everybody is working towards something. Now, a lot of people ask, yeah, but does it have to be a SMART goal? Well, sure, write it as a SMART goal, that's fine. Because that T is so important, right? Because the T is the timetable. And really what the T creates in a smart goal is just urgency. You know, what like what are we what are we working towards? But odds are, everybody, that uh you're not gonna get the timetable right. Like most most goals aren't achieved in a timely manner. If they were, the goal may have been set too low, which is one of the mistakes that uh that uh that people make when they write goals is they write a goal that's um that wasn't too high and missed is that they wrote a goal too low and, and hit. So the book talks about how, you know, how to write effective goals. Uh, what are some common mistakes around goals um, and, 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 and how to best uh, utilize them. Uh, but what we wanted to make sure that we would just talked a little bit about, right? So these substandards underwriting the goals about having the principles and the tenets of the education plan, right? So this is really, you know, uh, diving into uh, what's being taught, uh, how it's being taught, how it's being assessed, right? How everybody knows. It's it's really just good instructional uh, practices that most high-performing, high or if not all, high-performing schools just have as as a common language. And I think, Lauren, you were going to share some questions around, around this, right? Yeah. So what will the students learn? What is the curriculum of the school? How will it be taught? What are the key instructional methods the teachers will use? Um, how will you know they learned it? And what's your action going to be if they haven't? So really some just great reflection questions as you're building out your school master schedule and your programming and making curriculum choices um, to think through these questions as a leadership team. Yeah, right. I mean, if we if we want to be an A school, right? If that's our ultimate goal is to be a high performing A school that uh, you know all kids meet or exceed growth. I mean, whatever your goal is, it has to have some sort of common strategy around it. And if you've got you know eighty percent of your teachers kind of doing their own thing, that's really difficult to lead and manage and train around and make decisions around. So, um, you know, the common question that I get is. Hey Tom, what's what's the best education plan? I just say the one you decide to implement, <laughs> whatever it is. It's everybody really, really focused now, and that might work for seventy to eighty percent of your kids. And you're obviously going to need to personalize, right? If you really want to uh, make that happen, and and I think I was just you know sharing with Lauren, uh, you know, prior to this was that one of the common, you know, issues. Uh, you know, mistakes I made, and and when I started writing this book ten years ago. It's really being like, okay, everybody's just got to do the same thing. And and the school that I'm, you know, the executive director now, I mean, we they've been an A school for 20 years, very high performing academics. 
And not everybody does the same thing, but they do all know what the curriculum is. And not everybody has the same instructional methods, but what they do have is high standards of excellence for academic uh, work, right? All kids, like you, you'll see kids writing out all of their math. They're, they do a lot of writing. They do a lot of speaking. They do a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of these um, skills that kids need to be successful academically, not just in their middle school, but in their high school, in their college career. And I think that really opened my eyes that you're really just looking for um, common, common vision. And so when you got your goals in play, then you could start to have common conversations. And Lauren, you, I mean, you were you were a principal of one of the highest performing schools in the state of North Carolina for, for years. So how does this resonate with you and your guys' practices? Sure, yeah. I think what I was wanting to share is um, kind of touching on what you had said. It's, it's agreed upon parameters. So mm-hmm. it's based on your mission and vision what are our agreed agreed upon parameters? What are the non-negotiables for our school? And for some schools, you know, it might be a set curriculum. For other schools, it might be a, a teaching method that you expect everyone to see. It all goes back to whatever is your mission and vision. Um, and so you can look at it through that lens versus, like you said, it doesn't all have to be we're all teaching Saxon math curriculum. Um, so for us at my school, we had more of just agreed upon parameters and, um, some of them being if students were, you know, 90th percentile or above, they were set on a specific pathway. Um, and the agreed upon measure there was we used map testing. And so everyone knew that that was the criteria that we set. If students fell in that category, um, they were going to be set on this pathway. And then on the other end, Teachers knew um, if students were below 60th percentile that that activated a new pathway for them and the instructional methods that we expected to be put in place based on that agreed upon criteria. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, uh, critical pieces, right? So I can hear everybody who is uh, listening to this. uh, Well, you know, not all my teachers agree or, you know, how, you know, how do you get them to to that point? That's the next indicator, everybody. We're going to talk about that in indicator three, but you know, data leaves clues, you know, results leave clues. But if you don't have a way to to just get to well, what are our you know, uh, results, you can't make that next step of your plan. Uh, so if everybody's on the same page and say, hey, we do map, you know, three times a year or we, we do a weekly common assessment, whatever it may be, there's lots of different ways. So this you know, chapter of this book really talks about, uh, you know, those those key aspects. What are students going to learn? What are the common instructional methods? How will we know that they've learned it? And then what are we going to do when they do or don't, right? What's that prevention and intervention strategy to close that academic gap? But most importantly, what's also that next step to enrich and enhance and accelerate, you know, the learning in that way, um, you know, all of your students have a chance to grow at their own uh, pace. So uh, if you haven't done so, so go to 10indicators.com. You can take the online assessment. It takes about eight to 10 minutes and the results are emailed directly to you. And then you can print that out. Your whole team can take it and and, and have a conversation around around uh, the, the first two indicators um, and then and then start to create your uh, plan. And the book can help you do that. So. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in. Stay tuned uh, tomorrow for as we start to talk about indicator number three, which is 
really, really starting to focus on the quality work of the students through data-driven uh, practices.